Our staff are really dedicated to our mission and to those we serve. And that's the main thing that's responsible for the growth. And, and that's the main thing responsible for getting an opportunity like this um, uh, for the Certified Community Behavioral Health Clinic opportunity. At the Children's Service Center, we know that we are in a very unique time in the world here in Northern Pennsylvania, and we are deeply committed to the wellness of young people and families in our community. So with this podcast, we will be keeping you up to date on new developments, announcements, and best practices that we can use to produce the best outcomes for our clients. Join us each week as we recognize and celebrate our wins, celebrate new programs, and explore our core values. Let's go now to the Children's Service Center podcast. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Children's Service Center and the Robinson Counseling Center podcast. Really glad that you are here, and we are really excited uh, to be talking with uh, Ron Simon. Um, you know him as your uh, director of operations. Did I get that right, Ron? Uh, you know what? Close enough, because really something at Children's Service Center that Mike really leads us with is it's not really titles. It's yeah. all of us doing what we do to make this place successful. Um, and that goes from anywhere, you know, our, our number fluctuates every day, anywhere from 450 to 500 employees and takes all of us doing what we do the best. So, you know, my title's not important to me. It's that, uh, we just, all of us do what we do every do every day to the best of our ability. So nice, just nice. call me Ron. That's what Ron, people know Ron, me as. This is, yeah. this is Ron. He picks up paper in the hallway. If it's on the carpet, he uh, he smiles at the the consumers, the clients, the patients, whatever we're going to call them, and uh, and he's also uh, an effective communicator and uh, and keeps the, some of the trains running on time uh, at uh, the Children's Service Center of Land. <laughs> well, thank you. I certainly try. <laughs> so, uh, so first of all, how how are you doing today on a uh, uh, a snowy uh, snowy day in northeastern PA? Uh, we got a heat wave up here in Connecticut, 36 degrees. We're living it up. Yeah, it's going to hit in the 40s here today, and I, I think by the weekend we'll be in the 50s. So, Oh, man. Well, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, when I'm on my daily run, I'll be able to hear some more birds chirping. and make, uh, it, it, Somebody wrote on Facebook, uh, 40 more days till you know daylight savings time, and uh, we can all you know, pop out of the hole. So we're excited. So yeah. I'm really ex excited to talk with you um, about the CCBHC uh, and uh, wanted to, uh, to jump right in. Tell us um, how the whole, uh, the CCBHC came about. What was the, the opportunity? How did it get started? And um, tell us a little bit, bit about its inception. Okay. It, it came, it came out in 2014 um, introduced by the federal government really as a way to try to improve behavioral health care in our country. And I, I think that was the main motive. And I think along the way, I think they also realized that if they improve care, they might be able to produce some better outcomes and reduce the cost of health care in the country. Because we know that individuals with behavioral health, they don't always uh, get the best physical health care. Um, they also don't always get the, the best behavioral health care. So the, this project was really about incorporating physical health and behavioral health together, creating a one-stop shop, 
uh, enriching the lives uh, in the lives of individuals in treatment and really improving outcomes. And um, we, it was something we put in our strategic plan to prepare for uh, years ago. And when the announcement came out this year that there was another round of grants coming out through the federal government, we applied and only uh, 100 facilities throughout the country were approved. And uh, we were honored to be to be one of them. Um, so I think the most important thing about the opportunity, I want to say, is just thank you to our staff. Um, as I started, you know, with my title, I said it takes all of us to do what uh, we do here at Children's Service Center and Robinson Counseling. And um, I think that's true of the growth that we've experienced over the years. These opportunities for growth only happen if your staff are really uh, dedicated and, um, and, and, and really into what they're doing. And, and we have that here every day. I know Mike has talked on his podcast about and the signs are outside since COVID. It's become the catchphrase heroes um, uh, work here. And I agree with that, but I always take it a step further and I say that heroes always work here. I guess because of COVID, we could say superheroes work here now, but um, our staff are really dedicated to our mission and to those we serve. And that's the main thing that's responsible for the growth. And and that's the main thing responsible for getting an opportunity like this um, uh, for the Certified Community Behavioral Health Clinic opportunity. So just want to thank everybody for really be, uh, for being a part of this. Well, it's it's really powerful what you're saying, and and uh, and I love that. I think in your um, uh, in your genius there, you just gave us the title of the podcast. You know, the heroes have always worked here, uh, so that's uh, we always uh, we always like to to hear that those gems come out whenever we interview uh, anybody at the Children's Service Center or the Robinson Counseling Center. We always get a gem. Jesse gave us a few, uh, and uh, Mike has, and we're excited to to get the gems from everybody. So. So that's that's great stuff, and and you know obviously in the in the short time that we've been, uh, you know, uh, been privileged to be the interviewers uh, for the podcast, um, we're learning a lot about the heart uh, that this company has. You got you got some big hearts, definitely. And thank you for saying that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so let's let's talk a little bit about. Um, you know, I, I love the, uh, believe me, I love the word opportunity. Uh, opportunity uh, kind of says to me, uh, you know, great new stuff, creativity, moving forward. I love the word opportunity. Um, w- tell us about the opportunity um, through the CCBHC to actually serve the, the, uh, the patients, the clients, the consumers, and, and uh, produce those outcomes that really not only help individuals, but help families and end up helping the entire community. Tell, tell us about the opportunity to serve. Yeah. What the opportunity, I think that the CCBHC really presents for, for those that retreat is that one-stop shop that we're creating. And there's, there's nine essential services that are required to do it. Uh, to become the CCBHC. And because we strategically planned on doing it, we have most most of them in place. There's a few we have to add that I will get into. But it, it's really creating that one-stop shop. And I had mentioned in the introduction about um, we've learned that a lot of individuals getting behavioral health treatment don't get their physical health care. They don't always have a primary care health physician 
or they're not paying attention always to some of those uh, screenings or looking for risk factors that are out there. Um, so ultimately, uh, one of the key component, components of the CCBHC is the integration with physical health. And we have physical health present at Children's Service Center. And as we you know, talked about with staff, we're looking at doing that on our own now. We're going to become the physical health provider. But the CCBHC allows us to fund two key components of the physical health coordination are wellness nurses and care coordinators. And the wellness nurses are we're, they're funded through the project and they're going to do a health health assessment on every individual that comes through our door. And they're going to look at pre predisposing factors. They're going to look at life history. They're going to look at does the individual have a physical health care provider? Have they had screenings done for diabetes and other uh, and high blood pressure and other illnesses that we know um, really impact your your physical health and and your emotional health if they're not uh, properly treated. So the wellness nurses are going to do that piece. And then for individuals that either do not have the care, do not have a good treatment plan or high quality of care, and not just for the physical physical health, but even for the behavioral health, then they'll have the opportunity to make a referral to a care coordinator who's really going to try to put all the pieces of the puzzle together for the individual and kind of, kind of be that, uh, you know, with the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday, kind of be that quarterback mm. um, at the line, kind of calling the audible and directing everybody where to go to have success. Um so those are some of the key impo- uh, pieces that we're adding. Um, we're also we also uh, are adding adult crisis services um, as one of the required services. Um, Jesse talked in his, po- his podcast about the psych rehabilitation services that we added, and um, we're also going to do. A, we've always treated veterans, but uh, we have an agreement with the. Uh, uh, VA Medical Center that when we treat a veteran to uh, to really coordinate their care um, with the care coordinators and all the other the wellness nurses and the other pieces with the uh, VA. So it's really an exciting uh, thing that we're going to be doing for those we serve. And, and 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 part of the grant also talks about a lot of quality monitoring and reporting not just to have these elements in place and say, say that we're doing a better job, but uh, really studying the data and analyzing it and uh, seeing what's working and what's not working. So it's going to be a higher level. We've always done a great job, but I think this will take us to the next level and offer a higher, higher level of care uh, for those we treat. Wow. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I, I love the idea of the, um, you know, the, the health assessment, assessing uh, a person's physical health. You've always been focused on the behavioral health. Um, you know, there's, there's a term in, uh, uh, you know, in, in business, you know, you, you can't manage what you can't measure, right? You, 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 you can't help somebody unless you know what their baseline is, what their starting place is, and maybe where some of their positives are, and maybe, uh, you know, some of the places where uh, there's some, some cracks in the, in the physical health, the idea of the health assessment, and then uh, making that referral to the care coordinator, I mean, that's just genius stuff. I mean, that's like, 
you know, as, as, as Mike Hopkins will say, you know, this is about, and you mentioned it, you know, one-stop shopping, 360 degree care. It's, um, it's really looking out for people. What I, what I really hear and feel is you're really looking out for people and you're trying to get them the best outcome and you're trying to figure out every way that you can to do it. Definitely. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. So, um, so tell us, uh, uh, tell us how the, um, uh, the, the programs, uh, will, will kind of impact, uh, the staff, uh, the, the impact, the, uh, the programs at the CCBHC. Tell us a little bit about what, uh, what the staff can, uh, can look for. Yeah. And I'm excited for our staff. Well, first of all, I think we all want to, I, I know our staff want to do the best job that they can every day. And this gives them better means and access to do that with the addition of the programs that, that we're adding. And, and it, as I said, we didn't have to add a lot, but because we put a lot in place through the years, but we'll definitely look then also to expand what we have. But I think for the staff, one of the key reasons why there was a motivator to do this, and, and we're the first one, it, ones in the Northeast to get this classification, is it really looks at what's been failing in healthcare. And right now, the model that we have is called the fee-for-service model. And we provide the service and we get paid from the insurance companies what they determine that they should pay us. And, and being a nonprofit, we've always, you know, what we do is we take, after we pay the bills, we put all that in back into the programs and the staff. And, you know, one thing we hear, and I get it, one thing we commonly hear from our staff is, I wish I could get paid more. And we'll actually sit, sit down with the staff and go over the formula, what we're paid for the service that we provide. And after we cover all our expenses, and, and the biggest expense of that is paying the staff for what they do. And all the time we say, we wish we could pay them more, but that payment is based on what the insurance company gives us. But under this model, it kind of gives us the opportunity, opportunity in the future to move away from the fee-for-service world and get into a model that's proposed from this system called PPS, or Prospective Payment System. And the Prospective Payment System says that we've been doing healthcare wrong. You're going to get reimbursed based on your expenses of providing the service versus what the insurance companies uh, should uh, determine to pay you. Now, the model for this, since it's a federal program, is really set up for those federal funders, which is medical assistance and Medicare. It will not impact the private insurances. They're still going to pay us what they want to pay us. But since we're a community mental health center, the majority of those that we treat have medical assistance and Medicare. And so it'll take us a couple of years to get into this PPS rate. But at that point, we'll have the opportunity to sit down and say, these are our true expenses. This is what it costs us to provide the service. And then we'll get a rate based on that. Now, it's not gonna be fee for service in the sense that, the sense that we'll get a higher rate per visit for the individual we'll get most likely the model that Pennsylvania is working at is that you'll get a rate per client served per month. 
So if you see that individual one time per month, you'll get that rate. But again, that rate is based off of our expenses. So, you know, the the uh, government will be looking for us to do the two things with that rate, which we embrace. It's one, improve the quality of the programs, put it back into the program, see what you could do better. But we all know one of the most powerful pieces of making your programs good are investing in your staff. And that's the second thing. And, and they're not in priority. That's just the way I listed it. They'll, they'll both be equal priorities. Invest back in the programs and invest back in the staff. Um, and overall, you know, you do that, you're doing something right and you're providing better care. But we know that over, you know, throughout the country, um, people that dedicate their lives in the behavioral health system have been uh, underpaid at different points. And this is really a way to try to end that cycle. And it won't happen overnight and there'll have to be gradual increases. But we hope down the road staff are saying, not only do I love what I do, but I'm really appreciative for what I'm getting paid. And we believe this model will get us there. Wow. Well, that's uh, that's some exciting news for the staff. And PPS is the Perspective Payment um, Service? Uh, perspective Payment System. System. The Perspective. It's, I, I had it right. Yeah. Per- perspective Payment System. Well, it's it's uh, would also speak very highly to, um, you know, I I think what um, uh, from our perspective, uh, meaning the interviewers, uh, th- that we've seen, you know, your your management is is really managing things, um, managing expenses, managing care, you know, giving your uh, your staff the ability to uh, to do the best job possible because they really care, um, and it, this is it sounds to me like it's all about some real good tight management of uh, everything that's going on uh, will ultimately uh, equal better outcomes <laughs> and it will equal uh, um, people with more money in their pocket. Uh, anybody opposed to money? Uh, you know, <laughs> Ron, you're, you're, not, you're not opposed to more money. And uh, you know, certainly uh, those of you that are in healthcare, uh, I, I, I'm going to believe what Ron said. Uh, hey, I love what I do but I sure wish I was making a little bit more money. Hopefully this is a, a way to move toward it. And, uh, and again, you know, it's something that I think I heard from Mike in the, in the first podcast was, you know, we're investing in, you know, uh, you know, a healthcare or not a healthcare, but a, uh, you know, a, a, a gym, you know, a place for people to work out and do self-care. That's the word I was looking for, you know, and take care of themselves. You can get burned out big time in this business. And it sounds like you really want to help your people in every area and financially is a big way to help them as well. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Well, this has been a, a great interview. I think that uh, um, it seems to me that the the future is bright uh, for the CCBHC and everybody that you're going to going to help. Um, and, uh, and hopefully as you, you move over into this PPS rate, eventually, uh, uh, people will make more money and they'll be even more satisfied. Uh, it sounds to me like they're very satisfied with a great organization. Um, and uh, Ron Simon, thanks for picking up paper in the hallway uh, and uh, doing what you need to do and everybody uh, uh, pulling together to make this such a, a great organization. So thanks for being here for the podcast. We appreciate it. Thanks, MJ, for giving us the opportunity to do this. And thanks to our staff that are out there listening. Have a good one. Thank you. All right. The heroes have always worked here at the Children's Service Center and the Robinson Counseling Center. So 
and remember uh, that one of the ways that you can um, actually support uh, uh, this initiative is to let your coworkers know that you are listening to the podcast and, uh, and that you heard a great interview and that you thought it was cool. You put your white earbuds in. Maybe you uh, listened while you were on the treadmill. Uh, maybe you were on your Peloton. Maybe you were walking your dog. Uh, or uh, this weekend I was uh, shoveling snow listening to my podcast. So maybe you'll put the, the Children's Service Center podcast on and, uh, and listen to it and, uh, and get some great information about this great company. Make sure you recommend it to your coworkers. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you on the next episode of the Children's Service Center podcast. Hello, everybody. It's MJ Durkin, and I am your host for this episode of the Children's Service Center and the Robinson Counseling Center podcast. We are really glad that you are here. We have a great guest with us today to talk to us about some amazing new work that the uh, the Counseling Center is doing. Uh, and uh, we are excited to be talking to him. His name, you know him. His name is uh, Jesse Miller. Uh, Jesse, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. We're really, uh, really glad that you're here. Is it? Uh, is it icy cold where you are in uh, Pennsylvania today? Yeah, I think it hit 32 degrees today for the first oh. time in a few weeks. So it sort of feels uh, feels great outside today. We're having a heat wave, a <laughs> tropical heat wave, all the way up to 34. Yay. We'll take it. Yes, yes. We will take it in northeastern PA. We'll take a little bit of a uh, little bit of a heat wave. So um, we're really glad that, uh, that you're here. As uh, many of you know, uh, Jesse is the VP of programs, uh, and he's in charge of a lot of stuff, the psych rehab, uh, substance abuse disorder. Um, what's the, uh, what's the other one that you're in charge of? The blended case management program for the adults and adolescents we serve. Blended case management, man, you, uh, sound like a busy man. Uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, the, uh, the newness of the uh, of the psych rehab services, and tell us uh, how that came about, and uh, and why you're excited about it. You know, given the the leadership here and the commitment to providing uh, great services, we thought let's just build it ourselves. And you know, I'm excited that I was part of that, um, and we kicked that program off here uh, about two weeks ago. Uh, actually, two weeks ago today, which is exciting. Anytime you add a new program. A new service to um, the community is, is exciting. Well, that's awesome, and uh, the uh, so so you've you've had that history of 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 working with the with the, the children, right, with adolescents, and then you you mentioned to me something about you know then then they be, they become adults, and then uh, then then what do we do? Do we continue to serve them, or do we we refer them on their way? It sounds like you decided let's keep giving the same great care, and. Um, is there also a, a um, an element of the fact that you already uh, are these people know you and you know them and you've helped them and you've already got a history? Like, is that the next uh, next step to help them as an adult? Makes sense, yes. I think it's the right thing to do. I mean, we we've been treating adolescents in in Missouri and Wyoming counties for you know nearly 160 years, and and I think when we're working with anyone with a, a mental illness. Uh, you know, something as, as minimal as, as moderate, you know, mild depression to, to severe mental illness. Um, this isn't an individual issue. It's, it affects the entire family. But the ability now to not only treat that individual as they age out of the, the adolescent programs, but also treat their family members. 
Well, let's face it, you know, uh, asking for help, opening up, um, you know, trusting someone, uh, you know, with, uh, uh, with your, with your mental health, uh, with your issues, with your problems. Um, that's a big, big step is having that trust. And if you already have the client's trust, uh, I think that's awesome. And I think the other thing that you're, you're mentioning, which is really important is that, uh, you know, these, uh, uh, substance abuse, um, all of these, uh, these issues, uh, they, they have a concentric circle effect. It's like the, the pebble in the pond and the circles touch a lot more than just the person. So, um, so speaking of that, let's, uh, let's talk about, um, uh, how some of the participants have been responding. I mean, you're excited about the newness of this. Tell us, uh, tell us, uh, some of the, uh, the well-being that's flowing into the, into the families and into the individuals. Yeah. I mean, that, obviously that's what we do this for. We do this for the consumers that we serve and for those that are, that are impacted by them or work with them. You now I want to start by, you know, really recognizing the team that has been assembled. It's not an easy task to go from not having a program in the state of Pennsylvania to getting one live in, you know, 60 to 90 days. It's, you know, it's building infrastructure and, and getting licensing and getting managed care organizations and all these in, involved. So, you know, the team that we have here from Denise to, to Judy, to Melissa and, and Christina and, and all those that were involved in making this, you know, kudos to them for working hard. Um, but I know they're doing it for the right reasons and it's the feedback we're getting, you know, even though we're two weeks into this, one of the unique parts of psych rehab is it's not our program. It's your program. You're going to make it what you want. We're going to, we're going to let you lead it. Um, and I think that's really what's been rewarding for me as someone who's working with this population with the uh, significant mental illness um, for the first time in many, many years is just seeing the, the rewards you get from them when they walk in the door and they feel comfortable, that, that homely environment where um, they could talk about their feelings, their thoughts, their struggles, and, and have a lot of people around that are just looking for ways to help. And I think that's what really makes this program unique is it's peer driven. Um, you know, we're, we're setting some boundaries, but how the program operates, um, is really up to the consumers and to the point that, you know, because we're only two weeks old, one of the things that we're working on now is what's the name of the program going to be and what's the uh, logo going to look like. Those aren't things that, that myself or our team are going to determine. We're leaving that up to the consumers, the participants, they're coming up with names and we're narrowing down names right now and we're, you know, working on a logo. Wow. Well, that sounds incredibly, um, incredibly unique. And, uh, you know, what a difference when people are actually involved in the, the creation, the inception. I mean, I, I love your, you're really, it's kind of like your, I would use the word that you're co-creating, uh, the, uh, you're co-creating it with them. Uh, and they're bringing this tremendous input in and, uh, I think that's, uh, that's an amazing, uh, amazing idea. And uh, you, go ahead. Yeah. No, I think it's unique. You know, many of the participants have been involved in, in psych rehab programs and, you know, uh, for many of them that, you know, they've, they've spent years in these programs, but these programs already existed in the past. Um, this is an opportunity to come in on the ground floor and, um, maybe for some of them, it's the first time in their life they have a real sense of ownership and, uh responsibility and you know really that's all we're we're striving for these individuals to gain a sense of self-confidence um 
that, that's why we do this. It, it's not for anything else. You know, it's not our name on the, on the building. It's not our name um, being promoted. You know, the best way to get referrals and to generate a program is to do good work. Um, and these individuals speak to each other. They speak to their friends and their families. Um, and, and that's some of the best marketing you can do is, is, is just through good work. Yeah, just really, really help people and uh, and really make a difference for them. I I totally agree. I remember a friend of mine last year um, saying to me, we, we were talking about developing some some kind of um, support groups for folks that had been through um, troubles with divorce, and and he and I had both been through a divorce, and he said, you know, it's it's um, uh, it's proven that the people that have a network of support are the people that end up not falling off that bottom rung of the ladder, you know, into, you know, homelessness and, uh, you know, despair, uh, that their the success is greatly determined upon the network of support. And it sounds like what you're developing, um, for these, for these adults is a network of support that'll, that'll really could be, uh, not only life-changing, but life-saving. Yeah, absolutely. And you, uh, personally, one of the things that I work for with any consumer I've ever worked with, and in particular, this program is I want them to build a sense of confidence so they can become their own you know, advocate. Um, I think oftentimes when we are down, um, be it mental illness, uh, be it, you know, divorce, like you talked about, or, or struggling with a substance use issue, um, we lose a, a bit of hope. And, and as a result, we, we stop advocating for ourselves and, that's where that support system comes in to uplift us up and say, Hey, you're worth it. <laughs> Speak your mind. You know, if something doesn't feel right, or you don't feel like you're being treated fairly, you say something, uh, we want them to say that. And I think for this group in particular, you know, we're going to touch on all the other things. We're going to look at life skills and, you know, education and vocation and social skills. But if at the end of the day, they come out feeling just a sense of hope, um, you know, feeling better about themselves and they can stand up and say, you know what, I feel like I was mistreated or, you know, I feel like I deserve better. Um, then we can walk away saying we, you know, the work that we've done was, uh, uh it was for good. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think, yeah, for, for good is understating it. I think it's, <laughs> it's phenomenal. Any, um, you know, obviously, uh, without violating anybody's privacy, in general, uh, do you, do you have a, a, participant responding in some way that was positive that, uh, uh, y you can, you can reveal to us without, uh, you know, just in general, yeah, I mean, we, you know, we've been fortunate that, um, we sort of have, uh, quite the spectrum of ages, you know, uh, from, you know, early twenties to, uh, to the late sixties. And, and one of the younger participants, uh, recently. We were sitting, uh, they were having lunch and I, and I walked in just to check on them and see how everyone was doing. And it's the first time that I met this gentleman and, you know, he started telling me that this is the first time in, in over four months that he felt comfortable leaving his house. And, and I said, you know, I just asked him, I said, what was it that, that makes you feel comfortable being here? And, uh, something as simple as they let me put music on the TV and listen to music while we were having dinner, instead of there being these. You know, everything in his life was revolved around rules and structure because he lived in a, in a structured environment, uh, a group home type setting where there's rules and all this. And, um, I thought to myself, how minimal is that need 
to make someone feel comfortable that, you know, we played some music on the TV while they were having dinner and an individual who hasn't left their house in four months now feels comfortable coming in. And, and then also just it became vocal. It started talking to everyone. Next thing you know, they're all talking about their love for music. And it stemmed to a gentleman who tells us he plays piano and we bring a piano in or a keyboard in that day. And next thing I know, there's people playing to me. I look back and I said, there's, they have so many skills that all we need to do is just find that catalyst for them to feel comfortable enough to sit in front of a piano. I mean, we'll see the next, you know, uh, Mozart. I don't know, maybe, but I could tell you this much. He played a lot better than I could have ever played the piano. And I thought to myself, why don't we have this guy play the piano every day? You know, little things like that, that I think we take for granted that for these individuals, I mean, it just makes them feel alive. Oh man, so many gems in there. Well, allowing people to experience their creativity, to find their genius to, you know, yeah, everybody's got that gift, right? Yeah. It's, it's really just letting them be more than their diagnosis. And I think that's what we strive for is that you are not your diagnosis. You are not a schizophrenic. You are John. You are John who loves music and likes to play the piano and uh, played soccer as a kid and really enjoys, you know, taking hikes. You're not, you, you are not your diagnosis. And I think, you know, unfortunately those that have been in the system for, for decades, they, they almost become their diagnosis. And I think we are working every day to say you're more than that. And, you know, we talk about that with addiction and, and other issues is that you were not that you are a whole lot more. This is just one piece. And if we can work on that, we know there's a lot, a lot inside you that, that just needs to come out. <laughs> well, uh, you know, that's, uh, we don't like to podcast, uh, uh, interviewers to get too teary eyed or too emotional, but, uh, you know, <laughs> you're getting me, man. <laughs> you're getting me. Uh, it's, uh, um, so, uh, really, uh, just, just so many great things that you just said there. Let's, uh, uh, let, let's talk a little bit about, um, the, uh, uh, you mentioned that, uh, there's going to be updates, uh, that are coming, uh, along with the, uh, with the program and, and maybe how to make a referral. Tell, tell the, uh, tell the team members, the, the colleagues, the staff here, um, how they can, how they can do that. What do they need to know about updates and things? Well, I think, you know, really to start the, the referral process, it's pretty easy. You know, one of the things that we've tried to do is make it, you know, as painless as possible for you to make a referral and on there is the referral form. It takes two or three minutes to fill out uh, and send it over uh, to us. And, you know, we reach out to the consumer and we get them engaged and, um, you know, beyond that, there's not a lot that, that our staff need to do and, or community members need to do to really make a referral. They could email me directly or email, email Denise Austin there, Melissa Trebunak, either one of those, and we can get that consumer started quickly. We do provide. Uh, consumers with transportation to and from the program every day. So that's one of the, you know, barriers oftentimes that consumers have with getting around and getting to different programs as transportation. We pick them up right at their house, you know, in a warm vehicle, we drive them into the program. And then when the program ends, we take them home. Um, you know, in terms of updates, one of the things that we're looking forward to here in the next few weeks is to host an open house, have the consumers, um, uh, host an open house to allow the the individuals on site to come through and kind of check out their artwork, see how they've decorated the program, um, you know, look at the menu and, and the programs going on over the, the next couple of weeks and 
Um, I think that'll be exciting. Um, and then I think one of the, the real gems that we're working on right now is the consumers have really talked about the, their, their desire to see how they can help, um, our staff. And one of the things that they've talked about was uh, running a little coffee shop out of the, the psych rehab program, um, and allowing our staff, you know, in any given time, we have a few hundred staff here on campus that most of us are stopping on our way to work or, you know, on our lunch to grab a coffee from a, you know, a Starbucks or a Dunkin' Donuts or something, but um, having that accessible right here on campus where they can come in and, and, you know, utilize this this program to purchase their coffee. And not only are they getting a coffee, but they're helping these individuals feel a sense of um, achievement and, and also pick up on some of those skills that we talked about, vocational and educational and, and things of that sort. And I really think that'll bring a new life to the program and uh, be rewarding for everyone involved. Wow. Well, when, when people can practice those skills, they can use them in, in real life situations, um, you know, communication, eye contact, you know, questions. Uh, it just, um, uh, I, I think it's, it goes back to what you said before. It lets them get very clear that they are not their diagnosis and uh, that they can become their own advocate. Uh, and that, that really uh, is, it, it sounds to me like the whole program can bring a lot of hope to a lot of people. Absolutely. That's our goal is, uh, you know, it, it was a new program for the organization, but I also think it's just a step forward in the right direction. And we're just going to, you know, it's a new set of uh, consumers that we weren't helping that now we get to, to carry on our mission with. And, you know, we're doing a lot of good work for a lot of great people. And, um, this just gives us a chance to expand our reach and help more individuals in our community. Well, thanks, Jesse, uh, so much for being here on this, uh, this segment of the podcast. Uh, really excited that you're here uh, and um, excited about this new, uh, this new program. Uh, to, to all of the staff and colleagues at the, the Children's Service Center uh, and the, the Robinson Counseling Center, um, just uh, keep in mind that this uh, this podcast is a is a kind of a new unique way to communicate with you about uh, great new programs like this, uh, and um, it's uh, we encourage you to listen in your own time at your own pace. Uh, my son always says, uh, you know, Corey always says it's great to listen while you're walking the dog, you're on the treadmill, uh, maybe you're you're driving into into work, maybe you're driving to see a client. Would be a good time to put the uh, the new podcast on. And to give it a listen, and also we know that that people um, actually use podcasts in in uh, great organizations like this, and then they tell their coworkers about them. So we would ask you to actually help the podcast to go viral, uh, and ask your coworkers, uh, "Hey, did you listen to Jesse on the podcast? Did you listen to so and so? Did you listen to Mike? Uh, you know, talking about all the new stuff that's going on? Uh, it, it'll really give you a feeling of the community that you're a part of, uh, and how much you're really helping." Uh, the families uh, in uh, Northeastern uh, PA. So uh, thanks, Jesse, for being here. What a great interview. And uh, we look forward to your continued success and, um, and uh, having you back on the podcast and have some more success stories about, uh, about, about folks playing the piano. Maybe we can get an update on the, uh, the coffee center when it's uh, up and running and uh, do an episode on that. Sounds great. I, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Jesse. 
This concludes this episode of the Children's Service Center podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. Make sure you check back regularly for new episodes and get connected to the culture of our integrated approach, where we are centered on providing the very best health. We'll see you again on the next episode.